Ward Worth. A production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. First Friday of the beautiful month of June, dedicated to Sacred Heart of Jesus. Amen. It's Friday, June 4th. Great to be with you on a Friday and every day here on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. And I am so excited. Uh, I always love having Doug Keck on the program. He's our President and Chief Operating Officer. But... You know, I think it's really great when you get recognized for doing a job and doing it very well. And recently, EWTN was recognized by a uh, very prominent organization within Catholic media. And these are some pretty big deals in terms of awards. So I'm going to let Doug share that news with us. But I posted it on Facebook, and many of you commented on, on you know, well-deserved and well-done, good and faithful servants indeed. And we don't do this. You don't do ministry. I know many of you who are listening to us are very involved in their pro-life ministry, marriage ministry, working with the poor, doing great work in social justice, working at the parish level. And many of you do all of the above. You're amazing. But we don't do it for accolades. We don't do it to you know, get an attaboy or an girl. We do it because we feel God has called us to work in a particular area in the vineyard, right? But it is nice, we have to admit, when we're recognized for following that call and doing the best that we can with the talents that God gives us. And this is certainly the case with the team here at EW Chan. So kudos to them. And the crowd will go wild and cheer when we talk with Doug Keck at about 15 minutes past the hour. And he'll also, one of the reasons that they get so much recognition is because they cover so many great topics that impact us. And they're not afraid to go out there and be in the world, but not of the world. And we'll talk about all the great programming coming up, as we always do in the next few weeks here at EWTM. Fact Check Friday. Oh, boy, not enough time in the world for what I'd like to say this morning. So the big story that's been breaking the last, I would say, week and a half has been the media's um, big egg on their face. And here's why. All of a sudden, they're admitting that, gee whiz, there may have been some claims by conservatives, including members of the previous administration, some claims that were truthful, or at least had some truth, some reason for concern, some reason to investigate regarding the source of the COVID-19 virus. And what they are doing now to try and jump through hoops and make themselves out to say that, well, we had no reason to believe this, that, or the other thing, it's utterly ridiculous, and it's a complete dereliction of duty and passing the buck. Trying to blame the source or sources and saying, well, this person or that person always lies, and so we had no reason to investigate. Well, if you think that they lie regularly, that is more reason to investigate and more reason to do your public service as a journalist to see if what they're saying is true or false. So to sit there and say, well, it's not our fault, not our fault, is ridiculous and, again, a complete dereliction of duty. So I'm going to take a look at that, and uh, we'll just talk about that briefly after we speak with Doug Keck. And then wrapping up a beautiful Friday morning, very excited about this interview, a uh, young mom, a stay-at-home mom who has a terrific background uh, in theology and Latin and was a former uh, school teacher, has uh, taken up the pen again, and she actually contributed to my book, Listening for God. 
and she did a great job. Her story is about uh, a miracle that took place with the birth of her child. I don't want to give it away. It's in the book. You have to read the whole thing. But it really is something. She was, I'll just give you a little bit of background. She had a very difficult um, uh, delivery, and she was having a lot of problems. And somehow, some way, a woman came in and offered her the Eucharist. And we come to find out later that the woman wasn't even supposed to be there, but she was able to receive Jesus. And the problem that was occurring fixed itself. Coincidence? I think not. So anyway, that is her story in the book, Listening for God, Discovering the Incredible Ways God Speaks to Us. But she's also started a blog, and really what she wants to do, as she wrote me this morning, is she wants to encourage everyone, no matter where you are in whatever station of life, that you can do something to spread the faith. And Ave Maria has a saying, build a church, bless a nation, and EW Chan, obviously, we join them in that. And this is the way people can do that. Recognize what's available to you. Maybe you can write a blog. Maybe you can write an article for your parish bulletin or website. Maybe you can lead a study. Whatever you can do to build the church and bless the nation. And so a few things that she wants to discuss in addition to some of the things about what she's writing. She's going to talk about her journey from classroom instructor to homeschooling mom. And, you know, talking about how her blog, although right now it's small, the idea is to encourage others to do the same, to, to speak what's on your heart. We all have a platform now. Some, is, you know, some platforms are larger than others, but we all have a platform given the gifts that we have with technology. Speaking of which, um, last night Dick and Dom had um, adoration, so when we were in adoration, I had the Word Among Us with us, and they had a beautiful article about um, Blessed Carlo Acutis and what that young man did in such a short span of time in terms of using his gifts of technology. He was a computer whiz and how everything was about Jesus and especially Jesus in the Eucharist and what he did to promote Eucharistic miracles and is still doing thanks to what he left us. So everyone can do something no matter where you are. And Caitlin and I will be talking about that. All right, six minutes past the hour. I'll also want to let you know briefly that next week, God willing, I'll be uh, reporting from Rome Tuesday Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Uh, Monday, Vanessa Denhagarmo is going to be filling in for me. The idea here is to kind of check out where things stand with pilgrimage and travel. Because I think it's only fair if I'm encouraging you to pilgrimage with whomever, wherever, that I check it out to see what it's like now. Thanks be to God. Please, God, post-COVID. There are a lot of rules and regulations, and there are some opportunities through now many, many COVID-free flights, which are using testing versus vaccination you get tested and you have to bring your negative covid test before you get on the plane allowing you to go to italy for example without quarantine so i want to see you know what's happening what is this like and also look at some of the major sites of catholicism such as the vatican and some of the big churches to find out what's changed what's better what's going on and what about the crowds what does that mean so we'll be doing all that next week uh, Vanessa Denhagarma will be filling in for me on Monday as we are doing some uh, special reports and some special filming on um, Monday for my um, Tease Italy website and a few other projects I'm working on. But then we'll be live, EWTN headquarters, on Tuesday, Wednesday, from the Angelicum, Thursday from the North American College. So excited. And then also Friday we're going to be doing a day in Tuscany and talking about pilgrimage to Tuscany. So hope you can join us next week and pray for safe travel. And I'll be blogging and posting a lot on Facebook over the next week or so. All right, I have to do the news, and there's a lot of it this morning. Never a dull moment. We have Doug Keck, Fact Check Friday, 
and a fresh face on the blogging scene, a young mom. And her name is Caitlin Curtin, and she joins us at 39 minutes past the hour. Here's what's happening in the world right now. An in-depth piece, I suggest you read it. Very good story from Catholic News Agency, catholicnewsagency.com. The Congregation for the Divine Worship might soon be issuing a document modifying some of the provisions connected to the Latin Mass and of Benedict XVI's motu proprio. Catholic News Agency, speaking with their sources in Rome, learning that possible restrictions imposed last week after the Pope had a closed-door Q&A with members of the Italian's, Italian Bishops' Conference. Now, speaking with the bishops, the Holy Father hinting at new regulations about the celebrations of that particular Mass in the extraordinary form, although we did not get into details, two bishops attending the conference telling Catholic News Agency these developments. Now, Benedict XVI universally liberalized the celebration of the Mass according to the Missal of St. John Twenty-Third. Now, the source is telling CNA the most common complaint is that sometimes the group of people requesting the Latin Mass keeps the church, it's, it's a problem for priests, they say, because they don't have enough priests in their diocese. Now, according to the sources, the Pope did say that a third draft of the current document is currently under study. Another story Catholic News Agency is following this morning, the Archbishop Emeritus of Philadelphia recently said that some Catholic bishops were too compliant with state and local restrictions on churches during the recent pandemic. He said, if you don't reach out to people who are lonely and suffering and dying, in a time like the pandemic, then you're not being the church. And that's very, very bad for everyone involved. The Archbishop was interviewed last week on Fox News' streaming service. He was interviewed by Tucker Carlson on Shapiro's new book, Things Worth Dying For. And he said that some church leaders fought to keep their churches open amid state and local pandemic restrictions, but added that other Catholic bishops were too compliant. The Archbishop said that he was sympathetic to the situation of bishops and other church leaders, because it's essential to serve the common good and be concerned about that. But as time went on, he added, leaders saw the effect of this on their churches, and it seems to me, he said, they should have been more insistent on being available to the people who needed their care. In Rome, the bishops are talking about supporting those in need, and in particular, in this particular case, the bishops of the Democratic Republic of Congo are launching a collection for thousands of people with the support of the Pope, people displaced by a volcanic eruption. Linda Bordoni saying the bishops are encouraging all of us to support the effort. The 6th and the 13th of June are the Sundays set by the DRC's Catholic Bishops' Conference for a nationwide collection to assist the thousands of people who had to flee the city of Goma in North Kivu after the recent volcanic eruption of Mount Niragongo. The eruption of the volcano located near the city of Goma occurred on the 22nd of May. At least 22 people have died and over 400,000 have been displaced following an urgent appeal by the government to evacuate entire districts of the city threatened by lava. It is estimated that amongst those who have been forced to flee, there are over 200,000 children. Thus, the country's National Episcopal Conference, Chenko, has asked the bishops of the various dioceses to organize the collection and appeal to the faithful to help their brothers and sisters who have been left homeless. The dates they have chosen are not accidental. The objective, in fact, is to collect the funds in time for Chenko's plenary assembly that takes place from the 14th to the 18th of June. This will give the prelates the possibility of immediately planning the distribution of the money that has been collected. 
In other news this morning, Coca-Cola vending machines being banned in a North Carolina county because of Coke's criticism of Georgia's new voting law. Commissioners in Surrey County unhappy with the Atlanta-based company and are banning its machines in county-owned buildings. Coca-Cola has been critical of Georgia's new restrictive voting law. County Commissioner Eddie Harris says in a letter that millions of Americans believe the last presidential election was not held in a fair manner and that more voter fraud will occur in the future if elections are not closely monitored and regulated. And businesses continue to reopen more fully as restrictions are lifted. Analyst Mark Hamrick with Bankrate.com pointing out we still have major sectors of the economy, however, substantially below, he says, their pre-COVID staffing levels, even as they bring people back to work. Those include leisure and hospitality, the category that includes bars and restaurants, which has added more than 5 million workers, but still needs to bring back more than 2 million to get back to where they were before. He adds that the manufacturing sector is also really struggling. Unemployment numbers, though, are dropping, and the economy appears to be headed in a positive direction. And firefighters from across California showing their support for the daughter of the Los Angeles County firefighter shot and killed by a colleague at a firehouse on Tuesday. Hundreds of firefighters are on hand as a young woman graduated from high school in Santa Clarita on Thursday. Jocelyn's father couldn't be here, so we're here in his place. She wore her father's firefighting jacket as she accepted her diploma. The firefighter specialist left behind a wife and three daughters. He and the shooter had apparently an ongoing dispute for several months. Thirteen minutes past the hour, I do hope you're having a beautiful Friday morning, first Friday in the month of June, devotion to the Sacred Heart. And coming up this weekend, of course, we have the Feast of Corpus Christi, the Body of Christ. We're going to be talking a lot about the Eucharist here on EWTN. And also many of us on EWTM participating, as you heard yesterday, in a beautiful Eucharistic conference, a virtual conference. You can check it out online as well as at my Facebook page. But some great news and lots of applause and well-deserved for EWTN. We'll tell you all about it up next. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 10 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan cost goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and lighthouse work. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. How can we have faith and be transformed by the gospel? What part can we play in recreating the world for God's good plan? Once we understand that the gospel is not merely good news, but explosive, life-changing news, our life will never be the same. In Father John Ricardo's new book, Rescued, the Unexpected and Extraordinary News of the Gospel, he helps us to see the world through the lenses of God with a clear vision of the plot and the outcome of the story that we're living through. You can get Rescued and Father John's other great books on the store page at AveMariaRadio.net. There's a lot of uncertainty in the world right now. Companies have temporarily stopped hiring. Sporting events are held without fans. 
even your friends are being told to keep their social distance from you. However, at Ave Maria University, we ask you to consider advancing while the world around you recedes. Gaining an online master's degree in business administration or theology can propel you forward, distinguishing you from the competition when companies again start hiring. Apply now at AveMaria.edu. Welcome back, Catholic Connection, 16 minutes past the hour every Friday. We are blessed to have a great conversation with Doug Peck, who's the President and Chief Operating Officer of EWTN. He gives you the inside scoop as what to expect. And I just get a heads up on the great programming uh, that's available to us uh, every day and every month. And Doug, the crowd is going wild. Yay, here we go. <laughs> Applause, please. Right. Congratulations, EWTN. I'm looking at the headlines here. Big winner of the 2021 Gabriel Awards, including TV Station of the Year. That is incredible. Other awards were garnered in the categories of short film, single news story, best interview, best video for social media, and hot topic, Courage Under Fire. And we do have a link. We'll post it again. I posted it uh, last week on Facebook and had a huge response, and everyone just so appreciative of all that you do. So thank you, first of all for this because I, I think it's great. Now, we don't do this, obviously, for accolades, but it is nice to be recognized. Right, and it's certainly uh, an indication of the breadth of the talent and, and the skill of the people involved with our programming departments across all of our platforms, you know, from the overall television network to, obviously, radio to news. So uh, we're very proud of the work that I think we've done because I think we've continued to stay true to the message while we've continued every year to strive to become more and more professional. Mm-hmm. Well, just a little background for folks, if they're not familiar with the Gabriel Awards, obviously named after one of the patrons of communication, St. Gabriel. Gabriel Awards are presented annually by the Catholic Media Association and honor both secular and religious film, TV, radio, and digital media outlets for outstanding artistic achievement in media that entertains and enriches with a true vision of humanity and a true vision of life. So because of the coronavirus this year, the awards are going to be presented this summer during a virtual Catholic media conference. Now, here's the question I have. I've always wanted to say, like, if you receive an award, I'd like to thank the Academy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you Can know, you do that uh, when you get the I award? Of, <laughs> anytime I think uh, of that, I always think of an old Munster episode where uh, there's a dream, and uh, Lily's dreaming of about Herman, and Herman gets the Academy Award, and he said, I'd like to thank all the little people who helped me to achieve this award. I'd like to thank them, but I can't because I did it all myself. So <laughs> I always thought that that was <laughs> indicative, oh. actually, how most people in Hollywood feel, but certainly not the way we feel. No, as a matter of fact, that's exactly how you began the, the whole uh, interview this morning, thanking the rest of the team. So it, it is pretty incredible, mm-hmm. uh, a number of different awards, because you're competing uh, with not just, as I just explained to the Catholic Media Association, they're talking about both religious and secular outlets. Right, right. Especially a lot of times you'll get some uh, of the PBS kind of NPR things in there who obviously have some money. And, and actually uh, Canadian broadcasting will tend to uh, submit and obviously, you know, they do very high-quality material. Mm-hmm. Well, congratulations again, and I will uh, repost this on Facebook for all to see. All right, this is a big month. Uh, this weekend, we're celebrating the Corpus Christi Feast, of course, Feast of the Body and Blood of Christ, and then we're also 
talking a lot about devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus and great programming coming up. Uh, give us a little snippet of what we can look forward to. Well, well we're very proud, obviously, in honor of Corpus Christi. We've, we've had our, our Carlo Acutis uh, programming that we've been running. We've still got, uh, of course, uh, this weekend we've got My Highway to Heaven, call it Eucharist, uh, as well as Signs, Eucharistic Miracles, so people can look for that. On the 6th, of course, coming up, celebration of Corpus Christi this year, solemnity of Corpus Christi Mass and procession from Hansville. So that's always very, very popular every Beautiful. year. And, of course, there's also Corpus Christi events coming from uh, the Shrine in Washington, from Rome as well. Uh, we've also got a very special new Explore with the Miracle Hunter. Uh, Mike O'Neill t- takes a look at Lafayette, and I can tell you we have oh. beautiful, beautiful reenactments. Um of the miracle that people should want to see. Uh, we, we've really worked hard with a wonderful team of Catholics over in Eastern Europe who do beautiful reenactments. And people, I think, will see more and more of those showing up in some of our beautiful programs. That one, there's one on the Sacred Heart we've got coming up as well, which also has a beautiful reenactment uh, of the Sacred Heart, so people can look for that. And also next uh, week, our old friend there, Dr. Ray Garendi, will be sauntering on to the EW10 live show talking about his new book, Jesus, the Master Psychologist. So just a little bit of all the different programming we have here. Also, Tim O'Donnell's The Love of the Heart of Jesus. So a lot of Sacred Heart programming. Mm. Of course, uh, EW10, big fans of the Sacred Heart. It goes without saying. EW10.com for all things. You can find it out there. And check out for these programs on demand as well. Amen. Now, in terms of the, the Sacred Heart of Jesus and Lanciano, the Eucharistic miracle there, they are uh, very much connected because of what happened with that Eucharistic miracle and the priest doubting the real presence and what happened with the host in both the, the transportation into heart muscle, the transformation into heart muscle, and then the blood, the uh, the holy blood, the sacred blood, actually coagulating. And, and what's so fascinating, and I know I've, I've done interviews with, with Michael Neal on this, and, and you know this as well, obviously, but... For our listeners, when you go there to Lanciano, they have a whole um, a little area downstairs below uh, the sanctuary and below the, the church, and it's like basically a museum, and it shows you the tests that they did and how over the centuries they tested most recently, I believe it was in the 1980s. And, Doug, when they sent the test more recently in the 20th century to these medical experts, they didn't know it was something from the Catholic Church. They just thought they were examining tissue of, of, of a dead person. That, that's what they thought they were looking at. Which to me right. is fascinating. It's, still, it, it's amazing. And, uh, you know, I have to give credit and a shout-out to our old friends Bob and Penny Lord because oh. for so many years, uh, certainly in the 80s and the 90s, they were out there uh, focusing on, uh, on Eucharistic miracles, uh, many of which have been forgotten or not talked about, and certainly as well as the saints as well. So we have to give a shout-out to those two, hopefully in heaven, uh, out there for the great work that they did to bring so much of this reality back to the fore and so that many of us could follow in their footsteps and, and, and focus more and raise up awareness. Because as you know, belief in the Eucharist is central to why we're having so many issues in the Church right now. Right. The Eucharistic miracles help in a world of uh, disbelief and people looking for uh, hard facts and material and development to prove that something is true. This would be something, don't you think, the special about uh, that Michael's doing on, on Lanciano to share with others who who may think that the Eucharist, oh, you know, it's just a symbol. Because the surveys show, as we know, that there are one too many Catholics who, John Leonetti and I were talking about this yesterday, Absolutely. who still believe it's a symbol. 
Absolutely, and 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 that's why uh, you know obviously we we've uh, uh, taken on the Miracle Hunter as an employee, the show, uh, not only the radio show, obviously, and they might be saints, which he's been working on. Uh, he's doing in the midst of doing a, a program on on Silos out of uh, New Orleans, but also to focus on again those kind of Eucharistic miracles and those miracles. Because people need that reinforcement. They're looking for the other. They know there's something missing, but they've, they've been deluded into thinking it's not the Christianity or the Catholicism they grew up with. And they need to understand that it really is. And for many people, as I was talking to Ken Howell the other day in an interview I did with him on his book, uh, and he was on with Father Mitch the other night, mm-hmm. you know, it's not so much that these young people have lost their belief in the real presence. I'm not sure they ever got it. Had it, right. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think, too, it, it, so many people, as you just said, they're empty, they're looking. They're looking for miracles, and they're running here, there, and everywhere when we have so many approved apparitions and also approved Eucharistic miracles. And you mentioned uh, Carlo, Blessed Carlo Acutes. You just read about him and what he did. It wasn't just the Eucharistic, Eucharistic miracles that are known in, in Italy, and there are, there are several major ones. But he, he put together information on Eucharistic miracles around the world. Right, exactly. And there's been a few even I know down, um, it's either Argentina or Brazil, I'm trying to mm-hmm. which country. I know that Father Spitzer uh, has talked about several times. But, yeah, there are other ones that are occurring here and there. Uh, and again, you know, sometimes we, you know, we say, well, then why don't we promote, are we embarrassed of them? Are we afraid they're going to turn out not to be true? Why, why don't we put them more forward as proof of, of the supernatural, of the otherworldliness? I mean, either we believe that or we don't. Or we don't, yeah. Great discussion, Doug. Thanks for all the wonderful programming, and congratulations again to EWTN for winning a number of Gabriel Awards, including the number one television station. We'll be right back with... Fact Check Friday. Stay tuned. Can Catholic dogmas go extinct or change? No, but renegades claim otherwise. Christopher Malloy's Against Recent Heresies offers a roadmap for today's confused Catholics. It presents clear teaching on hell, justification, the true religion, marriage, and sodomy. It shows that recent teachings don't overturn doctrine, but offer gentle beginnings for difficult conversations. We complete these conversations with the whole truth. Sophia Press will release Against Recent Heresies soon. Have you ever asked, what does the Knights of Columbus have to offer me? There is something for every Catholic family. Being a Knight of Columbus can mean protection through our highly rated life insurance program. It could mean getting involved in your council and parish. It could mean doing more Catholic family activities through our domestic church initiatives. There is something for everyone. Knights of Columbus is the leader in building up our church, and every Catholic man 18 years or older should join today online at knights.net. That's K-N-I-G-H-T-S. St. Mark the Evangelist Catholic Church in Plano has teamed up with the Catholic Charities Dallas Mobile Food Bank to offer food for those in need. Items being distributed include perishable food items from the North Texas Food Bank, such as fruit, vegetables, and other food items. The next visit is on Saturday, June 5th from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. at the Smith Pastoral Center parking lot at the parish. Food recipients will remain in their cars, and their food will be placed in their trunks. 
Guadalupe Radio Network thanks Cargo Eye Care of Las Colinas, a longtime sponsor on KATH 910 AM. Cargo Eye Care is owned by Dr. Jonathan Cargo from St. Anne Parish in Capel. Their office and eyewear gallery are centrally located in Irving. Cargo Eye Care offers a full range of services and products to patients of all ages. Most vision and health insurance plans are accepted, including Medicare and Medicaid. 972-432-2020 or on the web at CargoEyeCare.com. Welcome back, Catholic Connection. 28 minutes of past the hour. I started doing this uh, before the election of 2020 because there was so much fake news and misinformation that was coming out about various issues that concern us as, as Christians, uh, Catholics and other Christians. And it became very popular, and so I decided, well, well, we'll keep it for a while and give you an idea of how to uh, carefully discern the media. And one of the reasons that I'm, I'm so proud of uh, EWTN for winning these awards is because they take their jobs very seriously. And as Doug mentioned earlier, um, they're hiring more and more people with professional media background to come into the network and to add those skills and the experience of being in the world to really just continue to provide uh, balance and also to provide accuracy in terms of the truths of the Catholic faith and how we are to live them out as uh, faithful members of the church. That's why we have a great news division, right? We have EWTN News Nightly. We have an in-depth program. We have World Over with Raymond Arroyo. We have Register. We have Catholic News Agency. We have so many great outlets that do a great job of covering all sorts of news, but especially news about the Catholic Church. Uh, so I decided to keep this going to help you again discern, help all of us discern, because it's important not to take what you see in the media at face value and to certainly take it with a grain of salt. And what we're seeing now, I think, is again another example of just um, shameful uh, media activity. It's such a dereliction of duty, it isn't even funny. So I was talking about this. I do a segment every week with Vanessa Denhagarmo uh, from Ave Maria Radio. And the program Epiphany, which is heard on the weekends on Ave Maria Radio, every week we get together and we have a segment called In the News. And she and I worked together for many years as secular street reporters. That's where we met. She was in radio. I was in TV. I also did radio, but we met while I was working at a particular TV station. And we would, you know, just connect and kind of share our, our frustrations. And, and so now what we do is we do this from a media perspective to help our first-hour audience understand, again, some tools to discern what's coming at us because we're so inundated with media information all the time. And we discussed this just earlier this week in terms of just how bad it is with the media, even when they have an opportunity to say, okay, mea culpa, we made a mistake, we should have looked at this. We should have at least tried to find out if it were true. Now, when you're covering any story, what you learn in J school, one of the first things you learn, and you learn this in high school journalism, and it's repeated or should be at your college classes, you have to get to the who, what, where, when, why, and how. Now, you don't necessarily have to cover that in the first lead paragraph, but you should at least cover that in the story, right? Who, what, where, when, why, and how. So you would think that when someone, whether it be a former president or a congressional representative or someone in the medical or scientific field, many of whom raised concerns about the possible connection between the source of the COVID virus at this virology lab in Wuhan, China, that they would say, well, let's see if this is true. Let's just see if these people who are making these claims, even though eh, they sound you know, kind of off at the time, Let's see if there's anything to this. But basically they're admitting 
that, okay, well, we may have a little bit of egg in our face, but you can't blame us because, you know, it was Donald Trump for the most part that was saying this. And he always said so many outlandish things. That has nothing to do with it. Consider the, considering the source, yes, but when you consider the source, it doesn't necessarily mean you dismiss what they're saying. You understand their background and where they're coming from and what their particular biases or agendas might be. You always do that. You have to consider the source to whom you're speaking. But that doesn't mean if they make such a, a major claim, getting to the heart of what caused this worldwide pandemic that you throw it out the window because you don't like the source and you don't want to give that source any credibility and you want to use it as an opportunity to attack that source repeatedly, which is exactly what happened with the media in the case of COVID-19 because there are more and more people who are saying that it looks like this was not a quote-unquote natural thing. And even uh, Fauci, who is so much loved by the media, is being called in the carpet because there's another investigation going on with at least some of the reporters who are interested in find out the truth, and those are few and far between, they uh, FOIA'd or put in freedom of information requests for memos between Fauci and some other sources involved in this whole situation. That's too detailed. I don't have time to go into it now. But getting back to the media, this is not something they should have waited for until after the election when the person that they liked and supported to the nth degree took office. So it's an interesting story of one of the uh, news folks over at ABC. His name is John Carl, and he says, people have egg on their face over COVID lab leak theory, and some things may be true even if Donald Trump said them. Really. Just that statement alone shows a deep bias. You're automatically, you have a confirmation bias. You're automatically thinking that this person does nothing but lie, and so therefore, even though he's the President of the United States, I can't look into what he's saying. I'm just going to dismiss it. That's not journalism. That's bias. And it's agenda-driven. Regardless of what you think or feel as a journalist about a particular politician, whether you think he's a liar, and maybe you know politicians lie all the time. I'm not saying that he didn't lie about a variety of things. But that's not the point. Check it out. When in doubt, check it out. Especially considering the impact that COVID has had not only on this country but the entire world. And you mean to tell me, because you don't like a particular politician, you're going to sit on a possible big angle and getting to the who, what, where, when, why, and how of a major worldwide pandemic. Are you kidding me? No, unfortunately, I'm not. ABC News' John Carl said a lot of people have egg on their face. We're dismissing the COVID-19 lab leak theory because it was coming from people like former President Donald Trump saying some things may be true even if Donald Trump says them. As Martha Raddatz conducted her Sunday morning panel for ABC's This Week, and this was, I think, uh, two weeks ago, she turned to Carl and noted the uptick of interest on the pandemic's origin, also referring to the conservatives and the people in the Trump administration who have long held the position that pandemic escaped from a Chinese laboratory instead of emerging naturally. Do some people have egg on their face and why does this matter? He answered by likening the pandemic to the storming of the U.S. Capitol, saying this is one of the greatest crises of our country. We need to know how it started. Duh! Yeah, you need to know how it started. But all you did was take your talking points from the people with whom you agreed and you ignored the possibility that this could have been from another source. 
you ignored your job as journalists to get to the who, what, where, when, why, and how. It should not matter whether you like someone, whether you think that person is the most reliable. And in essence, if you think that person is unreliable, what better way to prove that this source is problematic, especially if this source has a very big platform, than to prove that source to be wrong? But the fact that they're going into these stories with all these preconceived notions, the confirmation bias, and basically looking for things that back up that bias, that's not journalism. That's propaganda. And that's what we're seeing more and more every day in the secular media. And this is why what we offer you in terms of our various news operations here at Ave Maria Radio and EWTN are increasingly important check the facts when in doubt check it out consider the source yes but don't just dismiss that source just because you don't like that person total dereliction of duty on the part of the media with this possible source of this pandemic that has just been wreaking havoc around the world we'll be right back For the eighth consecutive year, the Pope St. John Paul II Monstrance is visiting North Texas and will be available for veneration and adoration at many parishes, schools, seminaries, universities, and Catholic centers through June 14th. All are invited to call Joanne at 972-489-3220 to either receive the schedule for the Monstrance or to request a visit to your parish or location. Please make plans to pray for vocations and your other intentions at one of the locations this year. For information, call 972-489-3220. Hi, this is Bob Dwayne with My Mutual Mortgage, a sponsor of KATH 910AM. My wife, Norma, and I have been longtime supporters of the Guadalupe Radio Network. We are praying for our country and all that are affected by the coronavirus. The drastic fluctuations in the market have caused mortgage rates to drop to record lows. If you'd like an analysis of your mortgage situation, we can be reached by calling 817-527-3166. That's 817-527-3166. My Mutual Mortgage is an equal housing lender, NMLS 12901. 1-800-476-3311 what are you doing? I'm practicing giving out the phone number for the upcoming Summer Sherathon. Oh, I guess it's not a bad idea. It's right around the corner, June 8th through the 11th across the Guadalupe Radio Network. The theme is Holy Catholic, so make sure you call 800-476-3311 with your donation. You're definitely getting some good practice in, Cecil. Yeah, I'll put you down for a $5,000 donation, Dave. Dave? I was just practicing. Little Angels Catholic Store in Capel offers a range of religious books, gifts, icons, and accessories for the spring season and is a proud sponsor of KATH 910 AM. They're located at 600 East Sandy Lake Road in Capel, right down the street from St. Anne Parish. They are open Monday through Saturday from 9 AM to 7 PM. For more information, you can reach them by calling 972-304-5200 or by visiting them online at littleangelscatholicstore.com. 39 minutes past the hour on a Friday morning, Catholic Connection, a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN. And don't forget, as Doug mentioned earlier, all the great programming information is there at our homepage, EWTN.com, and also AveMariaRadio.net. It's very exciting for me to have Caitlin Curtin on with us this morning. She's one of the contributors 
to Listening for God, Discovering the Incredible Ways God Speaks with Us. She also contributed to our virtual Listening for God conference and gave a great talk featuring one of my favorite books about one of my favorite saints, and I know it's one of her favorites as well, a book all about the life of the great Katerina Berencasa, St. Catherine of Siena, Lay Siege to Heaven by Louis DeWall. Now, with full disclosure, as Rosie would say, uh, Caitlin I met through her beautiful mom, who's one of my best friends, uh, Mary Dudley, uh, who lives down in the Greenville area, very near Caitlin, just practically around the block. And Mary and I uh, met here in southeastern Michigan, both working in, in Catholic radio, and also Mary and I would co-host and MC a beautiful Catholic women's conference we used to have in the Archdiocese of Detroit. So I know Mary's listening. So hi, Mary. Love you. Miss you. Please move back to Motown. Just saying. Okay. Anyhow, uh, Caitlin has quite a background, and she actually paused a career in teaching religion and Latin, including coaching tennis and basketball to be with her children while they're young. She's married with five children, ages 10 and under. She also has a Master's of Theological Studies from Notre Dame and a Master's of Education from the University of Notre Dame. And, and really, um, I'm so glad that, that you're writing again and out there because I think you have a very unique perspective as a mom and as someone working closely with Father Longenecker at your parish in Greenville. So tell us a little bit about what prompted you to get back into, into writing and, and getting out there to make a difference. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. And, you know, I've been following the nudges. I've been learning from you about all those God winks and those God infinites. And when you asked me to write a chapter, I thought you were joking. And I actually <laughs> got in trouble with your editor because, you know, she sent me this, this email, where is your stuff? And I, I was said, oh, you meant it. And, um, and, you know, it was one of those times where I said, really, really, God, right now? I was really thinking that maybe my youngest could get past diapers before I was asked to do something hard, and I wrote actually my chapter from 2 a.m. to 4 a.m. Uh, for you, because that's the time God gave me, and so really I said, you know, is it now? But I had that miracle happen to me, and when a miracle happens, it's not, it's not just for you. Maybe right. even it's not just, not even maybe primarily for you. The guests at the wedding of Cana probably thought that wine miracle was just for them. Uh, right. But it was for all of us. I mean, think of think of the the millions and billions of people who have heard that story, and known the love of God through it. So, you know, you have to share uh, as you're being called out. You know, so I it wasn't my plan or scheme. I just said, you know what, I'm going to start. Well, it's interesting because your mom and I, you know, we're, we're very close friends. I was telling her about when I was working on, on the manuscript for the book, and I was, I was telling her I'm looking for, for stories, and, and I know your mom um, has many, many, you know, god in her life. She goes, you know, my daughter has one that I think will really resonate. And I said, well, can you, can you talk to her? Can you get her to write the chapter? And so, you know, your mom, I think, um, it was the one really who sparked the interest in letting me know about what happened to you, which is phenomenal. But then something happened after you did that chapter, which is why you're blogging again, I understand. Well, I really started talking to some old classmates, reconnecting with people, and it occurred to me that one-third of my cousins probably two-thirds of the Catholic school uh, graduates from my high school, uh, maybe 50% of my former students are away from the faith. Mm. And even though there are better, stronger, cleverer, wittier voices out there, uh, like Scott Hahn, Jen Fulweiler, I mean, there are so many people out there getting it done for the Lord. Those students who are away 
don't have access to them. They don't have access to the best, but they have access to me. They might read something I wrote because, hey, look, there's a two-minute read from my old teacher or from my cousin. And I thought, those are the people I need to reach. So, you know, good luck finding my blog. You can't find it searching on Google. I post it on Facebook for my friends, and because they know it's just for them and not a side hustle and not a big thing, um, they know it's for them, and they might read it. So the smallness of it actually can make it more effective for my goals, which are reaching out to those people. I don't, I don't know who else can get to them. I don't know. And I, I think when, when we hear that line that God doesn't call us to be successful, Calls us to be he faithful. Calls us to be faithful. Right. Right. That's not just an attitude. That's an action plan. Don't start with the big data. Don't say, oh, well, you know, last time we did this program, we only had 12 parishioners show up, so it's not worth it. How do you know? You know, a program where one person listens might have saved that one person's life. And, you know, it's not up to us to decide uh, whether it will work. Now, you're in a business where you have to think about that. But a lot of us who are on the ground, that's not what we should be thinking of. We should be thinking of the next small step. It's a question of the starting point. What do I have? What's in front of me? What can I do? Let me do that beautifully. And that's how I got involved with this program with Father Dwight Longenecker at my parish. He said, I want to do a series on Catholic culture, and I'm looking for some volunteers. And I am telling you, I thought I was going to be on the donuts and the folding chair. <laughs> I really did. I, I thought, I can do that. And he said, great, can you contact all these Catholic luminaries and write up outlines for our conversations and have a mailing list? And all of a sudden, you know, I'm in a part-time job practically, and it was beautiful. And I think that's the kind of thing that you have to let God take the reins by just taking that next small step. I, I think it's awesome, and, and that's where we all start. We we don't know uh, the impact, and that's not important. I mean, obviously, we 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 hope we have a, a you know reach a lot of people, but you reach one person, as you said. And Mother Angelica, when she founded this network, said if she can bring one person back to the church and save one soul, then it all of it, all the struggles, all the suffering, all the attacks she endured over the years would have been worth it. So, you know, it sounds crazy when you get asked to do something, maybe. I was just reading about this at Adoration last night. Uh, the Word Among Us has a number of great articles about letting go and letting God and turning it over to the Lord and what happens. And you may think, like you were saying, is this the right time to write this? Your children are still very young. You're thinking, oh, my goodness, I thought it would be better, you know, as they were a little bit older and I could manage little things, you know, a little bit more, um, you know, efficiently at home, whatever, because there's obviously a lot of things you have to juggle as a, as a mom with, with young kids at home. But at the same time, God, what God's calling you to do at the moment may be that most important thing that not only is going to spark something in you, but as you just said, Caitlin, in other people as well. Right. And there's this phenomenon in the social sciences, they call it relative deprivation. And the idea is that you're in the bottom quarter, let's say, of a group of people. And so you think you're not very good at something. But what if you're in the bottom quarter of the best chemists in the world? Or what if you're in the bottom quarter of the Fortune 500? Right? So a lot of people start losing their voices because they're standing next to an opera singer and they think, well, why would I sing? The opera singer's got this. But my kid doesn't want to hear a recording of the best singer in the world. My kid wants to hear me sing the song. Mm -hmm. So we have to not lose our voices because there are other people who are better singers than us. You know, we've, we've got to sing that song to the people right around us. Maybe I'll be the nudge for somebody. And I don't know that, but I need to not lose my voice just because my husband is an incredible baritone. And he is, by the way. I have heard him sing. 
I'm just <laughs> just saying. But I, I think your blog, though, uh, even though I know you said it's small right now, I, I really think that because of your background, you paused a career in teaching religion and Latin to take care of your young children, five children under 10, uh, you know, what you're doing at the parish. I think a lot of moms out there, a lot of families, a lot of young people who may be considering, uh, gee, gosh, is marriage a vocation for me? Is, you know, having children, is this what God is calling me to? Is he calling me to a different vocation? Is he calling me to a religious vocation? Uh, I think that could be very helpful and insightful the people would learn a lot from you and i think this is a great opportunity to encourage other young moms and young dads to do something similar well that's right i kind of think of saint andrew as one of my patrons for blogging because if you think about it he he was the one who tuned his brother into the lord right he was right. the one who was actually going and listening to john the baptist but you don't hear peter james john and andrew most of the time right he gets mm-hmm. left out of the transfiguration he gets left out in the garden, and he does not mind in the gospel, right? It must have been a struggle for him, if you think about it, uh, to be so close but not, not as close as his brother, right? And yet he is still doing the little things all the time. He is a great saint of the church. And so if, you know, if my blogging, if my writing leads that way, I will follow it. Right now I have a series that's going to get started on, on Pathios, on the Doctor of the Church, um, who are the readers over there? You know, no one I know is over there, but there are people who are hungry and who are looking. I want to write there. I want to write anywhere where I've been invited mm-hmm. and and take that invitation as a sign that the Spirit just wants something done over in this garden, over in this vineyard, over in this field. And I do hope, and this is just me as your Auntie T and, and someone who's written uh-huh. for years, that I do hope you, you write what you know, in addition to the great knowledge you've gained, obviously, with your studies, and you obviously know the faith, and I know your family, I know you were brought up so well uh, and catechized so well, but I think your experience as a mom, as a wife, and, and just the funny things that happen and, and, and the struggles. I mean, let, let's look at Irma Bombeck. Maybe you're not you know, old enough to remember her. I'm sure oh, your yeah. mom knows oh, Irma yeah. Bombeck, but we'll talk about a great writer, sure. and she's a Catholic convert, by the way. And she uh, just appealed to so many people because she was so real and talked about everyday life. And I think, you know, your perspective is huge, is very important. Your voice is very important. Thank you, Teresa. I really appreciate that. And I'm always imitating the best. <laughs> and that's you. And, um, and I really, really think that people should be putting their voice out there in every little small conversation as an invitation. I was thinking about how in high school um, I wore a scapular. And then in college, I would put it around my wrist when I would go out to parties because I wanted there to be an invitation somewhere on me for a conversation. Mm. And it would happen a lot. You know, and it was something small and funky. You know, a lot of people see a holy medal around the neck, and that might work, but I wanted something that kind of was a little different just to see if, if I could spark a conversation. And I think that's where I want to go with my writing is take those experiences that are true about me, about my life, and use it as an invitation. You know, show the humor in it. Show the lightness. Show how God is shining light in my life so that other people can see the joy. There was a time I was in a cry room back when I used cry rooms. Now I have no shame. I have five children and, and just it's all gone. <laughs> But back when I used cry rooms, <laughs> there was a time I, I watched a woman, had, she had her face buried in her hands. She was deep in prayer. And her two-year-old got very upset. Mom, are you okay? Mom, are you okay? And I thought, oh, my goodness, this woman isn't showing the joy that her faith is bringing to her. 
in her devotion and in her prayer, she has, she has sadly, strangely, ironically, failed to show the joy. And I thought, what a, what a great image. There's nothing wrong with putting your hand in, you know, your hands over your face as you're praying to block out the distractions. But oh my goodness, we really need to take our hands off and let the light shine out of our eyes. That's beautiful. Yeah. And I, I, I do think that the whole being real with people and, and, and meeting them where they're at, and I think in your position with your background, your extensive knowledge of the faith, but combined with what you're doing and, you know, working with someone like a Father Longenecker, an amazing convert who has so much great, so many great programs and such a prominent writer himself, and then just intro- reintroducing these things to your students, to fellow moms. I, I just think every person can do something. I remember, um, Caitlin, I, I don't think I ever told you this story uh, when I was down in Greenville last year um, speaking. I don't know if I told your mom this either, but I can remember a man came up to me at my parish, this is about two years ago, and someone had asked him, I forget who it was, one of, the, one of our auxiliary bishops, I believe, in the Archdiocese of Detroit, had asked him to take on a particular project. And he, he was just, he said, he came up to me and he said, God made a mistake. He, God made a mistake. And I looked at him, I go, uh, it's God. He doesn't make mistakes. And, and he, but he was so fearful because he says, well, I can't do this. I, I can't take on this particular project. It's not me. I'm not, I don't have a theology degree. And I said, this bishop actually came to you because he saw something in your heart, in the way you're living your life. God will help you. You know, if God brings you to it, he's going to see you through it. And, and this whole idea of saying, okay, what can I do in my corner of the world to make a difference? And that's that's the whole thing, right? Yeah, celebrate the smallness of it. You know, take take Therese seriously about the small things uh, being all the life you have. And when I when you look at the lives of great saints, it didn't feel like a big great adventure to them. It felt like the next thing, the next right. small thing. Right. One step at a time. Well, my dear, I knew this time would go by quickly. Thank you so much for all that you're doing with your beautiful family, and also using your great knowledge of the faith and your love of the Lord and love of life to make a difference now um uh, where can we find you on facebook um kd curtain k-d-c-u-r-t-i-n okay you can just look up caitlin dudley curtain there you go all right well i want to know when those articles come out in patheos because we'll have you back on thank you so much for your contribution to listening for god and also for your willingness to be part of our mission to build the church and bless the nation we'll be right back Nestled under the warm Florida sun is a university whose name indicates a vocational call. Ave Maria, Latin for Hail Mary, recalls the angel Gabriel's announcement to Mary of her future vocation, becoming the mother of God. Enriched by God's grace, Mary freely ascends to this call. This is the model for all students. Come to Ave Maria University, where you'll be empowered to clearly see your vocational call, whatever that call might be. Ave Maria University, your vocation location. Visit AveMaria.edu. CMF Curo is a Catholic health care ministry providing families nationwide with a better solution centered around whole health, spirit, mind, and body. Our members share their medical burdens within a faith-filled community. At CMF Curo, our members have access to a spiritual director, concierge services, and other health and spiritual resources. Find out if CMF Curo is a better solution for your family. Visit MyCatholicHealthCare.com. That's MyCatholicHealthCare.com. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. 
Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. Do you own popular index mutual funds or ETFs? If so, you're automatically owned shares of companies that conflict with your moral beliefs. Ave Maria Mutual Funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors can invest in the no-load Ave Maria Mutual Funds. The experienced professional portfolio managers make decisions based on investment fundamentals and pro-life values. You can learn more about Ave Maria Mutual Funds today at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. Thanks so much for tuning in to the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Looking forward to Corpus Christi Sunday this weekend. Check out the Eucharistic Miracles, especially Orvieto, Lanciano, and Siena. God willing, talk to you live on a Tuesday from Rome. And remember, as you heard young Caitlin Curtin said, every single person can make a difference. Do yourself a favor and look up the song by Nicole Smith, Set the World on Fire. We can all do it in our own way. Talk to you next week. God bless. You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E-MariaRadio.net. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection. Spreading the splendor of truth. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. I'll bet you know by now that Amazon Smile is a great way to support your favorite charity. And supporting the Guadalupe Radio Network while you shop is easy. Step one, just start off at smile.amazon.com. Step two, choose La Promesa Foundation as your charity. La Promesa Foundation is the parent company of Guadalupe Radio Network. And step three, enjoy your shopping. Amazon will donate a portion of your purchase to the La Promesa Foundation, and it doesn't cost you any extra. La Promesa Foundation and Guadalupe Radio Network, thank you. Pursue your vocation to heal through an online education in psychology and counseling at Divine Mercy University. Our master's and doctorate programs in psychology and counseling encompass a unique learning experience through our Catholic Christian approach to mental health, faith-centered, and science-based teachings. Join a community of healers where change begins with you. Help heal our Catholic community from mental hardship, educating minds, transforming lives. Learn more at divinemercy.edu. That's divinemercy.edu. Blessed be God, blessed be His holy name, blessed be Jesus Christ, true God and true man, blessed be the name of Jesus, blessed be His most sacred heart, blessed be His most precious blood. Blessed be Jesus in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Blessed be the Holy Spirit of Paraclete. Blessed be the Great Mother of God, Mary Most Holy.
Blessed be her holy and immaculate conception. Blessed be her glorious assumption. Blessed be the name of Mary, Virgin and Mother. Blessed be Saint Joseph, her most chaste spouse. Blessed be God in his angels and in his saints. Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. Catholic Radio for your soul. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone. 